Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whenever you might be joining us. Welcome to the Purpose and Beyond podcast. I'm your host, Kelly R. Jackson. Let's just get right into it as we always do. It's time for our Monday morning discipleship podcast, Monday morning uh, discipleship. We like to come on each and every Monday, try to give you something to supplement what you may have heard on Sunday. And so let's get back into our series. We've been dealing with the series for this is uh, week five. And uh, as always, I try to make sure I look it up beforehand. And I did this time. So um, we are dealing in week five of our series. What does God have for me now? Now, again, as as, as I've said this before, and I want I got to make sure that I state this so that you can all know where we're uh, going this week. Um, those of you who didn't check us out, check us out on last week. Um, this series came about again over a Facebook post that I saw that uh, asked the question, particularly of the black community. Um, or it made the statement rather, I wish our, our family, I wish our ancestors, if you will, had taught us more, uh, taught us as vigorously about financial literacy as they did about religion. We wish they gave us that same energy towards financial literacy as they did about religion. And again, I went into the comments section and there was a comment that basically says, you know, they, they tell us all about heaven but I want to know about right now. And so that's how this series came about. And we are in week five of that series. Now I wanted to make sure that I outlined that uh, first and foremost, because as I told you all at the end of last week, as I've been promising since we've been in the series, I said, I'm going to talk to you about financial literacy as it's laid out in the Bible. Because as, as we look at this, as we look at that thought that they didn't teach us, about financial literacy. They just taught us about religion. They didn't tell us what God has for us right now. They just telling us about the, the afterlife and the hereafter and all those other things. And I'm pushing back on that uh, in, in this series. And even today, when I show you what I'm going to show you on today, that if they were really teaching you about this Bible, they taught you financial literacy. Now, did they explain it as financial literacy and all that? I don't know. I don't know who your people are. But if they've been teaching you about this word, they taught you about financial literacy. And I know that a lot of times we think, well, all they told us about was tithes, giving money to the church. And again, I promised you all, I'm going to get to that before we we done with this series. We're going to talk about tithing. Now, again, the non-believer ain't going to receive all that. And truthfully, let, 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 let's be real about it. Some of the believers ain't going to receive that. You know, we have a thought nowadays that we're New Testament Christians and we don't necessarily have to tithe. And, and, and again, I, I've been I have been doing my Bible class. I got to get back to it. Um, we've been in a sermon on the Mount where Jesus talked about the fact that I didn't come away to do away with the law. I didn't come to do away with the Old Testament. I came to fulfill it. So, again, I'm not going to get off into that right now. But 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 I'm, I want to show you today uh, in a very familiar parable again, about financial literacy in the Bible, about being responsible with what God has given you, right? Because when we think about this financial literacy thing, all that simply is, is I need somebody to tell me how to make more money and how to handle what I got. Now, let's be clear before I start. There's a lot of people that won't know how to make more money, but they don't want to know how to handle it. There's a lot of people out here who think they want to be savvy and rich. And we talked about uh, the desire to be rich according to the word of God. It's not a good thing. Uh, 
we, we, we got a lot of people out here that want to be rich. And I want you to hear me good because they want to be irresponsible. Let, let, let me explain it like this. And, and I promise I'll get to it. This almost sounds like wisdom Wednesday, but uh, I promise I'm gonna get to the scripture on today. When you hear people saying things like, I just want to have all this money. I want to be rich so I don't have to worry about nothing. I want to be rich so I don't have to worry about nothing. I can do whatever I want to do. I can come and go as I please. You don't have to be rich to not have to worry about anything and be able to come and go as you please. Now, I know what you're thinking. The preacher going to say, all I got to do is trust in God. Yes, you do have to trust in God. We're going to get to that. But if you wise with your with your money, and that's going to be in what we talk about today. You don't have to be rich to not have to worry about anything and come and go as you please. You don't have to be rich. You can just have enough. Let's, let's look at this Proverbs. And, and I want you to make sure those of you that are listening on today, make sure you got your, your, your pen handy. I'm, I'm going to deal with several verses today. I want you to write them down. Book of Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 30, verses 8 and 9. Proverbs 30, verse 8 and 9. It says this, remove falsehoods and lies far from me. Give me neither poverty nor riches. Feed me with the food allotted to me. Verse nine, lest I be full and deny you and say, who is the Lord? Or lest I be poor and steal and profane the name of the Lord. Let's let's look at that from the new living translation very quickly. I want to make sure that, that we get this Proverbs chapter 30 verse eight and nine new living translation says it like this. First, help me to never tell a lie. Second, give me neither poverty, poverty rather, nor riches. Give me just enough to satisfy my needs. For if I grow rich, I may deny you and say, who is the Lord? And if I am too poor, I may steal and thus insult God's holy name. This is a contentment verse in the Bible. These are the verses we don't like to hear about. I've already dealt with a lot of that in this series already to say, listen, we ought to be content when Paul says, listen, in whatever state that I'm in, I know how to, to, to be all right. I know how to be content in whatever state I'm in. He says, I know how to be content. We don't want to hear that. But I just said to you that, that there's a mentality out here that says I want to be rich so I can do whatever I want to do and not have to worry about anything. And I'm not saying this is true with all people, but what's true with a lot of people is they want to be rich so they can be irresponsible. I'm telling you the truth. There are people who want more money than they can handle so they can just do whatever they want and not think about the consequences of it. That's really where all of us are. And this is why the Bible told us when we were looking at text on last week. In first Timothy six, I believe uh, this is why the Bible was telling us you got to be careful about your desire to be rich and what it really means to desire to be rich. Right. That was first Timothy last week, chapter six, we were dealing with that. And so when we look at this text on today, again, this verse says here, help me to never tell a lie. And it says, give me neither poverty nor riches. Give me just enough to satisfy my needs. Listen, society today would have you thinking that's a poor man's way of thinking. That all you want is enough to just satisfy your needs. But at the end of the day, y'all, we should all just want our needs met. God will bless you in the overflow. 
but you all just want your needs met. And listen, in in this time that we're living in, people are recovering from a pandemic and things like that. There are people who struggle to have their needs met. They weren't thinking about overflow and extra money and being able to travel and go places and throw money all over the place the way they wanted to. They said, I just want my needs met. And the Bible says, listen, our mentality ought to be, Lord, just, 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 I don't need to be rich. Just, just don't let me be poor. Let me have what I need. Note that I wrote down here, I made sure I I put it in my phone to make sure that I shared it with you all on this week in relation to what I was just talking about. And I wrote this down. I said, I'm convinced that some people can't appreciate all that God has done for them because he didn't do it all at once. Some people are convinced. Right. They can't appreciate all that God has done for them because he did not do it all at once. Some people are convinced that God has not done enough for them. And they are yet still living and breathing. If you still breathe and God, he, he's going to do more for you. But you know how we are. We, we can't get all that stuff at once. Some of you right now that listen to the lottery, that, that play the lottery. Some of you listen to me right now that play the lottery. <laughs> you, you've already said, listen, if I win mega millions, just give me a check every, every month, however they pay it out. Give me a check every month. Don't give me all that money at one time. Because you're scared, you scared of what you might do. You want to make sure that you got something coming every month, right? Most of us are like that. I don't want to lump sum. Just pay me. Just pay me. I can't trust me with all of it in the bank. So, so, so again, y'all, some of us are just convinced and we can't, we, we can't appreciate uh, all that God has done for us because he won't do it all at once. And so we have to fall back into that old pattern that we used to have in the church. When we say, I look, when I look back over my life, we got to be able to look back over our lives. Right. So, so let me share some more scripture with you. Let me share some more scripture with you in relation to that. So again, I hope you wrote that down. Proverbs chapter 30, verse eight and nine. Proverbs 22 and seven. Now we talk about um, financial literacy in the Bible. Proverbs 22 and seven says this. The rich rules over the poor and the borrower is a servant to the lender. The rich rules over the poor. Amen. You see that in this country, right? We, we know what's going on in this country. There, there are people who are ridiculously wealthy and don't pay taxes. And, and, and in a lot of ways, they rule over the poor, right? And the borrower is a servant to the lender. How's that financial literacy, Reverend Jackson? Listen, this this is basically telling you right here. It's a blessing to not be poor, but to be content. Because the rich, it doesn't say rule over the people who are having their needs met. The Bible says the rich rules over the poor. They rule over the poor, those people who do not have. Just as New Living Translation says like this, just as the rich ruled the poor, so the borrower is a servant to the lender. Those of us who have taken out loans for whatever reason, okay? You might have credit cards, you might have a car loan, you may have a mortgage or whatever. Until you pay it off, you are a servant to the lender. So how is this financial literacy? The word of God seems to be telling us, don't borrow too much. You don't want to be in bondage. The word of God seems to be saying, like, watch how much you borrow. 
be able to just go get it every now and then. I, I understand that that to some of this is part of life. Listen, I got a mortgage. <laughs> some of this is just part of life. I got a mortgage. I, I, I get it. But the Bible seems to be saying here, don't overextend yourself. Why are you in so much debt to the lender? Credit cards, car notes that we can't afford, mortgages that we can't afford. Thank God I got a mortgage that I can afford. Right. So it, it, and it sounds like to me, like as we're talking right now, sounds like to me, the Bible is giving you financial literacy. Now, maybe these scriptures haven't been broken down and explained how can this apply to your life. Maybe somebody didn't tell you that. But don't you pretend that it ain't in the Bible and thus part of religion that you say people was forcing on you, but not teaching you financial literacy. Did you read the Bible? Do we, we provide it for you? There's a word for every season in the Bible. Let's go on again. Write that down. Proverbs 22 and seven. Let's look at first Timothy again. Go a little bit further than that sixth chapter. First Timothy chapter six, verse 17 tells us this command those who are rich in this present age to not be haughty, nor to trust in uncertain riches, but in a living God who gives us richly all things to enjoy. Now, again, this is first Timothy chapter six, where we were. We talked about the, the, the love of money as a root of all evil and things like this. It, it, it's almost like the word of God says, listen, let me give you. Uh, a little bit more of this so that you don't get to a place where you think that God don't want you to have nothing because people mis misinterpreted the Bible. Again, as we dealt with that first Timothy chapter six text, and I talked to you about contentment, people automatically think, well, they don't want me to be rich. They don't want me to have no, no, no. When you look at first Timothy chapter six, again, the word of God talked to us about godliness without contentment, Right. Godliness with contentment, rather, is great gain and talked about. We brought nothing in the world and, and, and we can take nothing out. But then by verse nine, it says, but those who desire to be rich fall into temptation and a snare and into many foolish and harmful lusts, which drown men in destruction and perdition. The word of God says God, God don't want you to fall into that. But by the time we get to verse 17, the word of God says, command those who are rich in this present age to not be haughty nor to trust in uncertain riches. This world is passing away. And I know a lot of people, you think you got yourself all set up, you solidify and things like this and so on and so forth. I don't care how long you've been on your job. You can go in tomorrow and they can say, you know what, we're done here. As I mentioned the pandemic earlier, there's a lot of people who are thriving. And it took an a, a airborne disease to take out, take out a whole bunch of stuff. Anything can happen in an instant, right? And so the Bible says here, you got to command those who are rich to not be haughty, right? Not put too much. And let me read it from New Living Translation again. Teach those who are rich in this world not to be proud and not to trust in their money, which is so unreliable. That's what the New Living Translation says. Their trust should be in God who richly gives us all we need for our enjoyment, Trust in God. I don't care how much you got. The Bible says trust in God. Now, again, we, we I know some people are thinking that's not financial literacy. Oh, oh, yes, it is. Yes, it is. Make sure that you put your trust in God, because, again, I don't care what your plans are. I don't care what your financial portfolio look like or anything. Anything can happen to change your situation. And it don't take long. It, overnight. It could happen. 
when stock markets crash, they just crash. So anything can happen. So, so the word of God is telling us to be wise with what we have, right? One more verse before I get to where I wanted to go today. And then we're going, we're going to pick it up again on next week. I, I knew we'd be here a couple of weeks as far as this financial literacy thing is concerned. Proverbs chapter 21, that last verse, by the way, first Timothy chapter six, verse 17, Proverbs chapter 21, verse five. Now, again, y'all financial literacy in the Bible. What does God have for me now? How do I handle my money? Proverbs chapter 21, verse five, new King James version says it like this. The plans of the diligent lead surely to plenty, but those of everyone who is hasty surely to poverty. Again, the plans of the diligent lead surely to plenty, but those mean the plans of everyone who is hasty. It surely leads to poverty. What does the New Living Translation say about that verse here? Good planning and hard work lead to prosperity, but hasty shortcuts lead to poverty. That's why I love that New Living Translation. Good planning and hard work lead to prosperity, but hasty shortcuts lead to poverty. What is the word of God saying here? Good planning and hard work. Financial literacy. Get you a job or get you a gift that pays you, a talent that pays you. You ain't got to have a nine to five. Reverend Jackson don't have a nine to five. And I don't make all my money off ministry, by the way, either. I, again, I write them books and I, you know, yeah, money does come from ministry because the Bible says that I ought to be paid for my labor. But anyway, word of God says, if you got good planning and hard work, you will be prosperous. What does God have for me now? Opportunity for you to be prosperous. But if you hasty and you take shortcuts, it could lead to poverty. So, so again, these are principles. You say, well, why don't they teach us about financial literacy in the church? And then you go out into the world and somebody built you a whole workshop on Proverbs chapter 21 and verse five. They may not have called it Proverbs 21 and five, but I'm telling you right now, it's in your Bible. Good planning and hard work lead to prosperity. There are plenty of you. Some of you may be listening to me right now who have been to workshops that talk to you about good planning and hard work and how you can be prosperous. And they said, if you take a bunch of shortcuts, you can wind up poor. Don't be afraid to work hard, plan it out, and you will be prosperous. Plenty of us, we've seen plenty of workshops built on those principles. And yet here it is right in the Bible. Financial literacy. Why didn't they teach me about this in church? It's in your Bible. Did you read your Bible? No, you didn't know this was in there, right? See, see, this is what I'm talking about. So, so let me get to this. I'm going to read this today. This parable. We're going to go through that last verse, by the way, Proverbs chapter 21, uh, verse five. I feel like I'm teaching Bible class right now. <laughs> Generally, you know, podcast is podcast, but this is a teaching moment here. So, so let's look at this. Matthew 25. Those of you who are Bible students, those of you who actually have read your Bible, you know this to be the parable of the talents. Parable of the three servants, New Living Translation calls it. Parable of the talents. And I'm going to read it. We're going to touch on a little bit of it today, and then we're going to pick it up again on next week. Um, I'll read it from the New Living Translation, because again, that, that makes it a little more clear what was going on in the parable that Jesus was speaking on. Starting at verse 14, we're going to go all the way down to... We'll go all the way down to verse 30. Okay. 
Matthew chapter 25, starting at verse 14. New Living Translation says it like this. And the kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by the story of a man going on a long trip. He called together his servants and entrusted uh, his money to them while he was gone. He gave five bags of silver to one, two bags of silver to another, and one bag of silver to the last, dividing it in proportion to their abilities. He then left on his trip. The servant who received five bags of silver began to invest the money and earned five more. The servant with two bags of silver also went to work and earned two more. But the servant who received the one bag of silver dug a hole in the ground and hid the master's money. Verse 19, after a long time, their master returned from his trip and he called them to give an account of how they had used his money. The servant to whom he had entrusted the five bags of silver came forward with five more and said, Master, you gave me five bags of silver to invest and I have earned five more. The master was full of praise. Well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this small amount. So now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. The servant who had received the two bags of silver came forward and said, Master, you gave me two bags of silver to invest, and I have earned two more. The master said, Well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this small amount. So now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. Then the servant with the one bag of silver came and said, Master, I knew you were a harsh man, harvesting crops you didn't plant and gathering crops you didn't cultivate. I was afraid I would lose your money, so I hid it in the earth. Look, here is your money back. Verse 26, but the master replied, You wicked and lazy servant. If you knew I harvested crops... I didn't plant and gather crops I didn't cultivate. Why didn't you deposit my money in the bank? At least I could have gotten some interest on it. Then he ordered, take the money from this servant and give it to the, the one with the 10 bags of silver. To those who use well what they are given, even more will be given and they will have an abundance. But from those who do nothing, even what little they have will be taken away. Now throw this useless servant into outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Now, next week, I'll explain that 30th verse to you because I know you're thinking to yourself, well, what, what happened there? We just made a left turn there. All of a sudden, somebody got thrown in utter darkness. We'll, we'll spend some time on that next week because I'm running out of time this week. But I want you to get that in your spirit. I want you to, to, to read that over again. Again, Matthew chapter 25, verse 14 through 30. But you see what happens here in the text. Now, this is a parable. Jesus represents the master. We are the servants. But something that's critical here as we talk about what does God have for me now? The word of God says he gave to everybody in proportion to their abilities. So how does this how does this line up with what we're talking about? Some people have more because they have the ability to handle more. Some people have less. Because they're not ready for all of that. You understand what I'm saying? It, 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 it matters. Everybody can't handle everything. And a lot of people that are talking about, I want this, I want that, I want this, I want that. They can't handle everything that they're asking for. 
But the word of God says that God will give everybody in proportion to their abilities. But if you see in the text on today, the person that got the five and the person that got the two, God still allowed them to multiply based on what they did. You got one person who invested and he gained five more. You got somebody else who said, I went to work. Again, Proverbs 21 and five, good planning and hard work lead to prosperity. So there was somebody who had a good plan. I'm going to invest it and make more. There was somebody who said, I ain't scared to go to work. I'm going to go work and make some more money because God has blessed me right now. And if I take it and I'm wise with what he's given me right now, I can grow what he's given me right now. God has blessed us. Keep that thought in your head. I'm done. I'm done on today. Again, we'll pick this up on next week, right back here in Matthew 25. Some people can't appreciate all that God has done for them because he didn't do it all at once. There are some people that are like the service in this text that said he's given me a little bit right now. I'm going to go ahead and, and, and serve him right now because he's going to bless me with more if I do that. But then there's some of us that are hidden in the earth. We hid it in the earth that we said, I'm not going to do anything. And not only did it not grow, we wound up losing it. Wound up having it taken away from us. And then we looked at God and said, how come you ain't been blessing me? And God said, how come you didn't do something with the blessing that I gave? So I'm going to end it right there. That's all the time that we've got for this week's Monday morning discipleship. I hope you were blessed by what uh, we shared. Again, we're going to pick it up on next week right there in Matthew 25. I'm going to dig a little bit deeper in that text. There's more to share in that text. So we're going to pick that up again on next week. So I hope that you all enjoyed what we had to share on this week. Let me give you my tag very quickly. If you'd like to keep up with us, the best way to do that is to check us out at the ministry's website. That website, www.krjministries.org. If you would like to purchase any of our written works, the best way to do that, go to the publishing website, www.krjpublishing.com. As always, we encourage you to subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen to our podcast on whatever platform. Hit the subscribe button so that you'll always know uh, when new podcasts are available. If you would like to support us, you can do so at via PayPal, rather, uh, KRJ Ministries, uh, paypal.me rather, uh, forward slash KRJ Ministries. Let me say that the right way. Paypal.me forward slash KRJ Ministries. If you'd like to support uh, this ministry with a donation, we would definitely, definitely appreciate you for doing that. That's all the time that we've got for Monday morning discipleship. Again, I hope that you all are blessed by what we had to share. God bless you and God keep you. It's my prayer as always. We'll see you all on next time. Be blessed.